This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jurecki, and three-time pro bowler Kyle Vandenbosch. Well, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster of emotions over the past five days. From the high of Marquise Brown, the three-day draft, eight new faces now with the Arizona Cardinals. And I think, gentlemen, we were all sucker punched on Monday with the news that DeAndre Hopkins will miss the first six games of the regular season, suspended for performance-enhancing substance. And now we are left with what if or what now, I guess I should say, here on May 3rd because the season is right around the corner, but you've got to look at things without number 10 at the moment. But all things considered, welcome to May, MJ. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, we, we like what the Cardinals did in the first round, going out and getting a proven receiver. Obviously, can help this offense. We were talking about going four and five wide. And, you know, if there's a silver lining, and, and you know, I'm sure Hop feels awful, and, you know, he's been a, a really good uh, teammate and, uh, in the community. So, but this will taint him just because I'm, I'm sure he's upset. It's unfortunate, but I'm glad he's going to have to miss the first six, then the last six, and it gives his team an entire offseason to try to figure out how they can win without DeAndre Hopkins. Last year when he was on the field, they were 8-2, and two, scoring 30 points a game. It's unbelievable, Kyle, how quickly things change in the National Football League. One day you're sitting on top of the world, and the next day you're like, okay, well, we need to group, regroup. we got to reset. Typically it's with an injury. This is much different, but to MJ's point, at least you know now in May, not September 2nd, days before week one. Yeah, there, there, there's no better real-life soap opera than the NFL, um, and it comes at any time and any moment, and we as Cardinals fans experienced it this week. Um, but you're exactly right. You know, what we heard a lot coming out of last season, either from, you know, Coach Kingsbury or Steve Keim or even um, different players in the offense is that we didn't do a good enough job adjusting. We um, didn't um, adapt enough um when DeAndre Hopkins went down with an injury. Um, you know, at this point, everything from what you do in OTAs, mini camps, training camp, preseason, um, you have an opportunity to prepare uh, without DeAndre Hopkins and, and adjust your offense. And, um, you know, who knows? It may be a completely different offense, uh, the one we see weeks one through six, than what we see on the back end of the season. So um, it's going to be interesting, but, um, you know, I think um, – if it's going to happen, um, you know, I'm glad that we have this information, that the team has this information, that Coach, Coach Kingsbury um, can sit down, um, you know, fit these new pieces into the offense and design a game plan now um, so that they can prepare for this. You know, the question becomes because, you know, obviously when you're suspended, you have to vacate the facility. Now, he can participate in the offseason and training camp, but I'm – 
I mean, obviously he'll be healthy when he returns in week seven, but how much can you use him in training camp? Because you got to find out who your guys are going into the season. So that's going to be a touch and go. We know that, you know, during the season, obviously, you know, he's out there whether a Wednesday or Thursday. So you got to get these other guys up to speed, not saying he's going to miss a lot of time because, you know, he's going to have to keep himself in shape. And I'm not worried when he comes back, but this you got to be in football shape. So it's going to be interesting just when he's around, how do they approach things? And I think he could be a good sponge for some of these young guys, too, at that position. Hopkins did release a statement via social media in part, quote, to learn that my November test came back with trace elements of a banned substance. I was confused and shocked. And then he talked about how careful he is with what he puts and what he uses during the course of his training. Then he added, quote, but even as careful as I have been, clearly I wasn't careful enough. For that, I apologize to Cardinals fans, my teammates, and the entire Cardinals organization. I never want to let my team down. So handling it well at this point, but again, you have to kind of move on. Now, at the time, we were just, okay, you added Marquise Brown. You give up a first-round pick, number 23 overall, to add to that wide receiver room, to add to your offense, to give Kyler Murray another weapon. Lo and behold, Kyle, now all of a sudden it's like, wow, certainly glad they pulled the trigger on that deal because now you lose DeAndre Hopkins for six games. That's a third of the season. But you do have, not his replacement, but you do have another player that can help alleviate some of what D-Hop gave you. Yeah, we talked about a lot when um, Hopkins was missing from the lineup last year. Um, the, the, the difference in the offense was there wasn't that number one guy. Well, you do have a guy that has been a number one in a system um, for a few years now, and a guy, um, you know, his 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 skill set, uh, even with DeAndre Hopkins in the lineup, adds a component that this offense didn't have last year. Look, they're one of the best things Kyler Murray does is throw a deep ball. He is so accurate with his deep ball. He has a high completion rate uh, when he's throwing that deep ball, and now he has that guy um, that can stretch the field. And um, just having Hollywood Brown on the field. Um, makes defenses account for him at all times at any moment he could be going deep so you can't cheat your safeties up into the box and you know potentially it opens things up underneath for for your tight ends for some of the shorter routes and for your running game when you have a guy that's that's keeping the safeties back here is head coach cliff kingsbury on how he believes marquise brown fits within the cardinals offense the more playmakers we can have, the better dynamic guy who can take the top off inside, outside. And, you know, I think he's just scratching the surface. Uh, we really feel like he fits what we do, played in a similar scheme in, in college there at OU with Lincoln. And uh, so it should be a, uh, a quick learning curve as well. And teammates with Kyler Murray in 2018, that Heisman Trophy campaign for Murray. And in that season, Brown led the nation in receptions of 40-plus yards, 50-plus yards, and 60-plus yards to Kyle's points, MJ, as far as finding someone who could take the top off the offense or make sure that you're just running by the defense. That, in a nutshell, is what Marquise Brown is. Yeah, and, and you, if you watch some videos, excuse me, if you watch some videos, I mean, he's he really gets separation. And he's you, you see, usually they show the ball on TV, but you see this guy running and then the ball's in the air. And, you know, I think Kyler Murray, nothing against Lamar Jackson. He obviously has a great skill set, but Kyler Murray is much more accurate, as you pointed out, especially balls more than 20 yards down the field. So you could still run three wide receivers here with Rondell Moore, Brown, and then A.J. Greens, and then you try to run out of that formation too. But I, I – 
it wouldn't be a surprise if we see a lot of 12 personnel in those first six weeks, and that's, the young fellow is going to have to come in and play, and I think they're really excited about his upside in Trey McBride. It is a much different offense, or Kingsbury wants to do things differently than what they did in Baltimore, and that it was part of the thought process as well. Quentin Harris, Vice President of Player Personnel, recently on the Day Pash podcast discussed that and why perhaps Brown might be even better here now in the desert. Hollywood's opportunity, he's going to have more opportunity here than he did in Baltimore. So I think that's the biggest thing because, you know, even though we do uh, have a solid run game, we're going to throw the ball around. We're going to use four wide, five wide at times. So, you know, the opportunity. Sure. If you're a receiver, you want the ball. Um, so I think it was, it, it. you know, the difference in offenses for Hollywood is, is going to be uh, very good for him. Not that he didn't get the opportunity in Baltimore. In fact, he over a 1,000 receiving yards last season for the first time in his career. But I do think it's going to be different opportunities. Maybe the number of times Kyler Murray looks at his direction will be different than Lamar Jackson. Yeah, we have uh, much more weapons, a more complete um, array of weapons on this offense than Baltimore does. I mean, Baltimore is a bit of a throwback-type offense. I mean, they're built around the running game, and they're built around even their quarterback running the football. So you don't get quite as many opportunities. And actually, it's it's pretty amazing the fact that he was able to get a 1,000 yards in that offense because he's not a focal point of their offense. They don't go uh, into a game in Baltimore saying, okay, how can we stretch the field? Um, you know, how can we feed Hollywood Brown? It's more they're throwing throwing the ball to open up opportunities in their run game. Um, so, you know, this offense with, you know, Kyler Murray is a more accurate passer. Um, and, again, he it continues to mature in um, this Arizona offense. So there will be more opportunities. And, you know, hopefully, you know, several times this season, it, you just take an opportunity, you know, on, on second short and just throw it deep to keep defenses honest. And, and it, you know, whether you complete it or not, it, it's on tape. Other teams have to prepare for it. Um, and it just opens up everything else in your offense. Now, we learned immediately after the trade was announced, and our manager Steve Kime made mention that Brown and Kyler Murray have been working out together in Dallas. Well, Marquise Brown asked about that on the Big Red Rage, discussed his chemistry with Kyler Murray. A lot of chemistry. Uh, he knows how I think. I know how he thinks. I know what he what he likes. We're far from college, and we're even better players than we were back then. So I think we just got to get to work and really see how, how we could do it. One thing to do it in college, another thing to do it on the pro level, MJ. But this, to, to Brown's point, though, I mean, they have been working out. That chemistry, I would think, you hope, continues now on this level. Yeah, and, and the fact that they did play two years together, and it was interesting, Kyle. He told us he was on the scout team, and they would they – would, him and Kyler were on the scout team. Before you know it, he felt like they could beat the starters, and that's how the competition was obviously Baker Mayfield. But, and listen, 21 touchdowns in three years. I mean, that, that's production. I mean, I mean I, I'm happy for Christian Kirk, but I think Hollywood Brown has more upside than Christian Kirk, especially when it comes to the deep ball. Now, he was a target for, and he was close to 1,000 yards. But when you look at 21 touchdowns, that's really impressive. And he's improved every single year he's been in the league. And 11 of his touchdowns of 20 or more yards tied for third in the National Football League since entering the league in 2019. More from Marquise Brown on what Cardinal fans can expect out of him. Uh, it's been a lot of big plays. I mean, I play with a lot of passion, uh, a lot of excitement. I haven't even showcased anything I really could do in the NFL yet. Whatever the team asks me to do, I'm going to do. And that's what I did in Baltimore. And, you know, I'm very excited of the potential that I can I can do in this offense. 
more with Marquise Brown coming up on the Big Red Rage this week. Paul Calvisi had a chance to sit down with Brown. You'll hear that entire exclusive interview coming up on Thursday on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. The one thing I'll say this, Kyle, from his appearance at the draft party out at State Farm Stadium to his introductory press conference the next day here at the facility, a giant smile on his face. Someone who wanted outs of Baltimore, in fact, the past two seasons had asked for a trade, gets what he wants, and now I think he sees his upside and his potential going through the roof in this offense. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you hear a lot of reports about what kind of player he is and what what type of teammate he is. The one thing that keeps coming up is he's an extremely hard worker, especially in the offseason. And, you know, we talked about how some of our additions last year, um, you know, now they're into their second year. And so you can expect him to be here, be a part of the offseason program and want to hit the ground running. He's not the type of player that, you know, that from my knowledge, takes practices off and just shows up on game day and, and has this unbelievable talent. He's the kind of guy that shows up. He's a lunch pail type guy. Um, and, and again, speaking to the chemistry, one of the things you you know we've seen from Kyler over his career, once he gets comfortable from a player, he will continue to feed that player and go back to him. When he's under trouble, uh, when he's in trouble and under duress, um, you know, he, he has these guys. We saw it with Zach Ertz, you know, in the second half of last season. He was a reliable target. When Kyler felt like he was in trouble, he would find Zach Ertz. And, and um, having that chemistry with another player on this roster is going to benefit this offense and Kyler. And I think another thing that was key, he's 24 years old. The Cardinals own his rights for the next couple of years. He really wasn't talking about, you know, cashing in right now. And they can pick up his 50-year option. So he's the perfect age. Obviously, he's got to stay healthy. And uh, he's going to bring a big uh, big spark to this offense when it comes to the big playability down the field, scoring touchdowns. Two years of control costs. Chemistry with our quarterback can be a dynamic vertical threat, which is something we were looking for. Those three things General Manager Steve Kime discussed when they announced the trade Marquise Brown, now an Arizona Cardinal. That was day one of the 2022 NFL draft for the Arizona Cardinals. So no draft picks. Cardinals, though, on day two, added three new faces, including a couple of edge rushers. We'll discuss that here as we continue. It's the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. The Arizona Cardinals select Trey McBride. Cameron Thomas. MyJ Sanders. Trey McBride, they pick up. Collapses and down he goes. Throws Colorado State into traffic, nearly picked, and then McBride with a catch on the sideline. Swung down by Cameron Thomas. Nothing hurt on this one either. Cam Thomas. Big hit from Mike James Sanders. Oh, it's a freak. Colorado State's got themselves a first down McBride. He's going to score a touchdown for Colorado State on the fake punt. Trey McBride. Cameron Thomas and my Jay Sanders. Those three selections on day two of the 2022 NFL Draft. McBride is second-round selection. Thomas and Sanders, third-round selections. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by SeatGeek, get your seats in a seat. Let's touch on McBride, the day two pick. Second-round selection, 55th overall. Certainly a lot of needs going into the draft. Edge rusher. Offensive line, defensive line. So I turned to you, Kyle, when the Cardinals were on the clock with the 55th overall selection, and you heard tight end at that point 
Surprised? Stunned? I was. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I was extremely surprised, but I was more surprised that Trey McBride was still there. Um, we all know, and, and it's, it seems like you know the league is so cyclical, and everybody it's like a copycat lead. Um, but a couple years ago, everybody was looking for that tight end that's big enough to be an inline blocker, um, but can run good routes and has great hands. And that this guy is everything. He's a matchup problem for a defense. I mean, if you try to cover him with a DB, he's too big and he's too physical. Um, and if you try to put a linebacker on him, he does have that speed and he catches balls well in traffic. He's got soft hands. Um, you know, he he's to me, you know, again, had this been a couple of years ago when everybody wanted that next Gronkowski or everybody, you know, the tight ends were really taking the league over those guys that could split out and, um, you know, present matchup problems, but they can also be really good physical inline blockers. Everybody was looking for those and they didn't typically the top tight end in the draft typically didn't last past like 14, 15, middle of the first round. Um, so it's a tremendous value pick, a guy that, um, you know, if he uh, fits into this offense the right way, could be a real weapon for this offense. McBride, 6'4", 246. Zach Ertz, 6'5", 250. Max Williams, if healthy, 6'4", 252. So someone talking about McBride, MJ, can come in and be that number three, or if Williams is not available at the start of the season, be that number two tied in and perhaps see a lot of playing time. Oh, he, I mean, he's going to be active on game day. Now it's just a matter of how much they put on his plate. Um, but, you know, you look at it, you know, uh, Zach Ertz signed a three-year deal. He'll be 32 during the season. So how long does he play, at least in the next couple of years, playing at a high level? Obviously, as Kyla pointed out earlier, Kyla trusts him. And so now, all of a sudden, you got a you got a tight end that can do a lot of different things in the future, and you don't have to go out and spend big money for a tight end. You've drafted one, you develop him, and he's going to be, you know, he'll be a big part of this offense this season. It's just a matter of, you know, how much uh, he can retain early on. Probably more productive in the second half, but they're going to have to utilize him in those first six games. A unanimous first team All American, first team All Mountain West, won the John Mackey Award given to the nation's best tight end. So, what do the Cardinals like about Trey McBride? Here's General Manager Steve Kime. People ask, "What do you like about him?" I don't. What's there not to like about him? You know, special human, special player. Rare stats, obviously, over a thousand yards receiver as a tight end, ninety some catches. Uh, the guy can do it all. He can play in line. He can flex. He can motion. He can play out of the backfield. He's got tremendous hands. Great catching radius. Uh, really strong in a crowd. Characters off the charts. Three-time captain. Phenomenal leader. And um, just thankful he was there. Again, not a need. But what do we hear often from Steve Kime? Your needs in April and May, not the same needs you have come October and November. So, the follow-up to Kime: Why tight end in the second round? We owe it to the organization to do the right things for not only today, but tomorrow and the future. And uh, we got a young quarterback that we're excited about. We have a 24-year-old receiver we added, and we just added another young dynamic playmaker as a tight end. So, it made sense in every way. Kyler Murray, Marquise Brown, Trey McBride, there are three offensive pieces. Don't forget about Rondell Moore going into year two, to Kime's point. Now you got a little bit of a core, a young core, skilled position-wise. Yeah, and you always want to have that good mix of quality veterans and young players who are developing. Um, and, you know, we've talked so much about how this offense looked 
different when DeAndre Hopkins wasn't in the offense. The offense also looked different when Max Williams was out of the lineup last year. Max Williams was a real weapon at the beginning of the season last year. He, you know, when he first got here, he was primarily a blocker. And then last year, he really became a weapon in the passing game. And that's what you get with Trey McBride. I mean, you know, the thing we heard when we traded for Zach Ertz, tremendous receiver. He's got great hands. He's a willing blocker, but not necessarily the most physical. I feel like Trey McBride is more in the Max Williams mold, um, you know, a little bit younger, well, a lot younger um, and a little bit more athletic, but he's he's better in the blocking game. So, um, you know, I think, you know, I if I could, again, look back at where things went wrong last year, obviously DeAndre Hopkins' injury was a huge part of it, but Max Williams, you can't discount um, th- how different the offense was when he was no longer on it. So edge rusher not addressed on the second round. It was addressed twice, though, in the third round. Cameron Thomas out of San Diego State, pick number 87 overall. My Jay Sanders out of Cincinnati, 100th overall selection. That was the pick acquired in the Marquise Brown trade as well. Two defensive ends, but Kime said will play outside linebacker on this level. I know it's been a little bit limited as far as how much we see them outside of Cincinnati, but not Power 5 schools. But what do you like initially, Kyle, out of these two players that you hope can disrupt an offense? Yeah, starting with uh, Cameron Thomas, um, his production is outrageous. I mean, 77 pressures in 14 games, that is a lot of production. Um, He had the sack numbers in college. Um, The limited amount of tape I was able to, to watch um, plays with his hands really well. He's a physical player, really instinctive in the run game. I mean, he controls blockers, sheds, and makes a lot of plays in the run game as well. Um, you know, again, something that the defense struggled with uh, for the entirety of last season was stopping the run, play, making plays against good running backs, putting teams in second, third, and long. Um, I think he will be able to help with that. Um, and then, um, you know, my Jay Sanders, he's he's a bit smaller, a bit different, probably plays better in space, um, a little bit more twitchy, a little more dynamic coming off the edge, you know, might possibly be um, a package type player. One of the things, you know, we talked about over and over last season, especially through the first part of the season, is how well Vance Joseph used players and let them play to their strengths, moved guys around, changed packages, changed alignments. So, um, you know, you you put this guy in space, let him just go off the edge. He has an opportunity to get in the backfield and get some pressures and get some hits on the quarterback. Now with Thomas, there is the possibility we see him put his hand in the dirt inside, maybe inside of J.J. Watt. Kai mentioned that as a possibility, given Thomas's size and then what he was able to do at San Diego State. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, he's 6'4", 264 pounds. I mean, he had 155 tackles, 39 tackle for losses, 21 sacks. He had 11 and a half sacks last year, 46 quarterback hits. So he's a guy that can do a lot. And when you watch his film, I mean, he's all over the field. He's, he's you know, he's, he'll be a good special teams player. But, you know, he's a little bit bigger, obviously, being 6'4", 264. And you look at Sanders, he's 6'4", about 242. So you can see why they want him to play a little bit defensive line and outside linebacker. Cardinals VP of Player Personnel, Quentin Harris, this week on the Dave Patch Podcast. A little scouting reports on Cam Thomas. 
Cam, he's super athletic. And what you loved about Cam is you loved his interview, you loved the intensity, but and you loved the way he played the game. And also with Cam is he showed some ability to put his hand in the ground and play some of the five, play some of the outside backer stuff due to his athleticism. So uh, we really loved his motor, his temperament. Now with Sanders, again, Cincinnati, not a Power 5 program, but a program that did step up over the last several years, playing the likes of an Alabama, a Notre Dame, getting to the conference, or excuse me, the college football playoff, and those are when, according to Kime, that Sanders really stepped up. He stood out on film. More from Quentin Harris on My Jay Sanders. My Jay, you look at his numbers, you're like, hmm, they're kind of ho-hum. But if you really study the tape and you really study how disruptive this guy is, uh, with Maje, you're getting a guy that uh, is a tempo setter, um, plays with his hair on fire, uh, tons of upside. Now, he's going to have to work on finishing rushes because uh, he missed about seven sacks just because he's, you know, he, he plays with that tempo and that effort. So there's little details that all these guys need to work on, but specifically Maje is just going to have to just to slow down a little bit. Say this about Cincinnati. They had nine players drafted. Only Georgia and LSU had more players. Georgia with 15, LSU with 10. Cincinnati, that program, has taken a tremendous leap forward. And I mentioned part of that college football playoff. So we have seen Sanders against quality, top-tier competition. Yeah, and I watched uh, some of his clips from the Senior Bowl. um, And you would think, again, um, being a lighter type outside rusher, um, he might be a liability in the run game. And I saw him stand up offensive tackles in the run game in the in the Senior Bowl. I saw him bury a tight end um, in the run game in the Senior Bowl. So um, he has that strength, um, in spite of you know the fact he probably could put on another 10, 15 pounds and add that to his frame. Um, he's he's definitely you know. It, He's he's intriguing as a pass rusher, but he will not be a liability in the run game when he's on the field. Yeah, Luke Fick, Fickle's done a great job there. you got to give him a lot of credit, and obviously his ties to, to Ohio State. Um, Fickle on Sanders, quote, he's an emotional guy. The greatest attribute uh, with my G is his energy and his emotions. Now, Bruce Feldman, he made his freaks list, reportedly 4, 5, 6 in the 40, and then also in his uh, 10 shuttle, he ran a 4, 10. 4.1 so he, he he can move um in, in being 200 and what is it 45 pounds 48 pounds so yeah i mean it's going to be interesting just to see how they utilize him um but he's a guy that can do a couple different things besides just rush the passer his weight was certainly a hot topic the night he was drafted because you get nfl.com look at his draft profile and it shows up as 200 and believe it was 28 pounds he weighed in at the scouting combine under 230 he told reporters that he's about 242 wants to play at 255 which is what Chandler Jones played at so at least he understands and there were some issues with his weight but don't be fooled by the slight frame but you're looking for someone that can get off the edge and be quick around those either a tight end or a tackle yeah it's you know that's that's the void left by Chandler Jones we you know, in, in spite of the versatility of, of some of these guys we drafted, we need somebody to come off the edge. We need somebody that's just going to fly off the edge. Um, you know, if it's we, – we have players, you know, and that's one of the things the Cardinals do. They, they rotate their players. They put different guys in in different packages. We will have players on this roster – that will be able to come on the field in running situations. I think especially for some of these later round picks, um, you don't want to put too much on their plate. You want to say, here is your job. Here's what I want you to get good at. Um, and, and it, you know, just listening to Quentin, um, it, 
it they've already identified where he needs to work and they will work on that this summer and hopefully throughout training camp and hopefully you know he's not going to be a finished product day one uh game one um but they've identified the things he needs to work at and and they will get him there you got marcus golden you got devon Kennard, dennis garduck how much more do we see him play defense as opposed to special teams can victor Mukeji make a leap forward in his second year and rondell carter who they were awarded off waivers so that's what you're looking at at outside linebacker right now day two of the 2022 nfl draft three players again two edge rushers on day three another edge rusher plus a couple of guards cornerback and running back all address and we'll touch on that as we continue we have hit halftime here on the cardinals red sea report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. A reminder, Arizona Cardinals season tickets are available now. Visit azcardinals.com slash season to secure the best seats today. Craig Rayo, Luke and Mike Jarecki talking the Cardinals and the 2022 NFL Draft here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Cardinals sixth round selection, number 215 overall out of Virginia Tech. Offensive guard, Lasita Smith, as it sounded from Mexico as the Cardinals had their day three picks announced in Mexico. More on that in a moment. But, yes, on day three, the Cardinals with a couple of guards, a running back, cornerback, and another outside linebacker slash inside linebacker. But let's take these one at a time and go in the trenches. The offensive line, Kyle, you always talk about that's where the game is won and lost. Offensive line, specifically the guard position with Lasita Smith and also Marquise Hayes, who was selected in the seventh round, we talked about a hole at the guard spot, right guard. Well, you got Will Hernandez, left guard, Justin Pugh. But both those players under contract for just 2022. In fact, Rodney Hudson's the only offensive lineman under contract past this season. Yeah, I liked the guards. Um, they're both physical. I mean, they're both tremendous value picks. Um, you know, a lot of um, experts, quote-unquote experts, had them going higher than than when the Cardinals got them. Um, Lasita Smith, you know, uh, was a high school tight end, um, so he moves well. He's athletic. He plays with good bend. Um, will be really good at what the Cardinals do. He's a, he's good in the zone blocking scheme. And and what I like, um, you know, while they may not be um, polished day one starters, I I believe the Cardinals have the best offensive line coach in the league. And Coach Sean Kugler has shown and has the ability to develop these young players and turn them into good pros. So um, they have an opportunity to learn. They would, they're not. We don't need them to be day one starters. It, man, it would be a huge bonus if they are good enough that they can jump in and, and beat somebody out. But um, you give these guys an opportunity to learn, um, potentially be you know dress on game day um, if. Either one of these guys can can learn to snap. There's tremendous value in a guy that can be a swing um, at both center or play at either guard position, and there's there's a lot of value for that um, throughout the season. So um, I, I love these two picks, especially, like you said, looking down the road. So next year when we hit free agency, we don't ha- all of a sudden need four offensive linemen. 
um, entering free agency. Yeah, he, he's got good size. I think he's got a good anchor. They list him at 6'3", and uh, an eight, 321 pounds. Now, he's played in 45 games. He's actually started 37 times at left guard. He also played left tackle in a pinch for the Hokies out of Virginia Tech. Um, again, I, I, I like the size of both of these guys where – you know, I think Josh Jones is a little light in the pants, so maybe he's more of a tackle than guard because he's getting pushed around, and obviously some of the penalties uh, where he's he doesn't have the uh, the anchor to hold down. And then you, you look at the other lineman there. Um, look at Hayes. I mean, he's six four and a three quarters, three hundred eighteen pounds. He's played in thirty seven games, uh, uh, started, and you just look at him and his size. Wingspan about 83 and a half inches. His arms are 35, so that's good for an interior guy. So I agree with Kyle. Um, you know, you don't have to go out and spend big money in free agency. And, and you know, Sean Coogler is going to play the best five guys, but it's nice to have depth where you're not just, you know, picking a guy, a guy off the street. Hayes performed well at the senior ball. He also has this going for him former teammate of both Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown at Oklahoma. So those two guards, part of the day three haul. Five selections overall. Let's go back to Quentin Harris, Cardinals VP of Player Personnel on the Dave Patch Podcast. He was asked of those day three selections who he was most excited about. I really like uh, Lasita Smith, our guard we took out of Virginia Tech. This guy is athletic. Uh, he's an excellent puller. He's tough. He's physical. And a lot of times, you know, you watch NFL linemen and you're like, eh, he's tough, he's strong, but he's slow-footed. This guy is everything. He was a steal, in my opinion, for us. He's one guy that once he gets his opportunity, it's it's going to be tough to remove him from the seat. And I think, you know, his temperament, and again, when we talk about bringing these A and B football characters guys in, he's one of those guys. Again, sixth round selection, 215th overall. Also in the sixth round, Keontae Ingram, running back out of USC, 201st overall pick. Ran a 4-5-3-40, honorable mention out of the Pac-12, started his career at Texas, and someone that you look depth-wise, now all of a sudden you know about James Conner, you just don't know about running back two and three. I oh, love the size, 5'11 and a half, 210 pounds. Um, you know, he, he was a little heavy at Texas, and then he dropped some weight, and he really played well last year at USC. I mean, he, he, he started in seven games, had 911 yards rushing, 5.8 yards per carry, five rushing touchdowns, and he can also catch the ball in the backfield, so it's a good one-two punch. You know, he's obviously a lot bigger than Eno Benjamin. Jonathan Ward's more of a, you know, special teams player, and the Cardinals did have interest in Darrell Williams, um, who played for the Chiefs, and I wonder what that situation is like because at the, t- at the time it looked like his asking price was a little high, but now you've addressed it, so... Um, I do think he's going to be active on game day, and to me, he's a guy that can do a lot of different things, but I just like the size, 5'11", and he could push that pile, and he can run between the tackles, as Kyle pointed out, with the zone read uh, and the zone blocking scheme, and he can also, I think one thing you got to look at is any young guy coming in, they're not asked to do a lot of pass protection. You're the safety net. You're the last not a line of defense on the quarterback. So that's something that James Sexton will work with him to get him more up to speed. Kyle called him a downhill runner. Ingram told Pro Football Network leading up to the draft, quote, I have a violent 
running style. So we'll see once rookie minicamp begins next week, all of these players will be here working out in our first up-close look at each of them. The other one I want to single out here because it's a defensive player, outside linebacker Jesse Lucetta out of Penn State, 6'3", 253, someone that Kai mentioned, Kyle, can play both outside and inside. It's one of those things that they'll bring him in and then see where he is best suited. He was basically, according to Kime, one of those guys that helped set the defense at Penn State. That's what you typically like out of your inside linebacker. But at college, he was an outside linebacker. We'll see if that is where his position is in the National Football League. Yeah, he's got a good nose for the football, uh, good closing speed, um, a really good open field tackler. Um, I, a bunch of the clips I saw, he was actually lined up as an inside linebacker, a mic backer at times. Um but even if he stays on the inside, which you know we've got some, we've got young players at inside linebacker. He provides good depth. And one of the things that I like about the Cardinals, and they've shown this um, for years now, is they're not afraid to develop a guy and use him as a special teams ace in the meantime. I mean, there's just already a number of players um, in the Cardinals locker room. Um, that are phenomenal special teams type players, and he may be that type of player early on. Um, you know, I didn't see him uh, many clips of him as an outside linebacker, as uh, specifically as an edge rusher. Um, but you know, maybe they see something on tape um, that they see some of the attributes that they could work him in um, as an outside rusher. But um, he he's definitely um, he plays really well in space and he he dissects offenses and plays really well and, and made a lot of plays speaking of penn state they had eight players drafted he was one of the eight so that you start looking at some of these uh, schools that are obviously you know uh, playing in these bigger bowl games honorable mention all big 10 conference career high 61 tackles eight tackle for losses he had 59 tackles in 2020 in nine games again do you see him as more of a Marcus Golden, Victor Dimakichi type body type? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I just, I, I didn't see him used in that way. Okay. Um, his body type is not quite as thick as uh, Victor Dimakichi, um, but um, who knows? I mean, it's at when you're picking at this point in the draft. Um, it's not always about what they did and what position they played in college. Often it's it's a projection based on their ability. You know, it seems like maybe uh, following Kaim, what they don't do in free agency, but I thought on day three they really addressed needs. And instead of saying we're going to take the best available player, we're looking for a diamond in a rush, and that's why they came away with you know three pass rushers, a couple linemen, and a running back. So I thought it was important to address those needs versus trying to take the best available player. Also added a cornerback, Chris Matthew, out of Aldosta State. He was the other seventh-round selection. Grew up watching Patrick Peterson, played wide receiver in high school. So, again, you're adding depth in that cornerback room. Episode 29 of the Day Patch podcast featuring Cardinals VP of player personnel. Quentin Harris is available now to catch up on past episodes. Follow the Day Patch podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at HashPod. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Jackson on first down, wants to throw, going deep, looking for Hollywood Brown, end zone, touchdown, Hollywood Brown! Oh, what a throw and catch! 
And the Ravens have taken their first lead of the afternoon. My man against your man. I love this man's heart. I love the way he responds. It's incredible. And the throw was right on the money, back of the end zone, toe tap, stretched out. Absolutely beautiful. Ravens radio on the play-by-play. The newest Arizona Cardinals wide receiver, Marquise Brown, acquired from the Ravens for the Cardinals' first-round selection. Plus, don't forget the Cardinals got that third-round pick as well. But Marquise Brown now with the Arizona Cardinals. The question is, how much do we see Marquise Brown initially in this offense? Probably more than we expected because of the news of DeAndre Hopkins' absence, at least through the first third of the season but the more I think about it MJ the more I read about it and obviously the chemistry with the quarterback I think plays a large part you can certainly see Marquise Brown and I think the goal should be another 1,000 yard receiving season now you've got A.J. Green, Rondell Moore, Zach Ertz. So there are more weapons that Kyler can utilize with respects to this offense, but that should be at least an individual goal for Marquise Brown. Yeah, and I think we're going to see that probably in the first six weeks of the season. And when Hop comes back, obviously teams are going to defend the Cardinals' offense a little bit different, but he is a number one wide receiver on this roster right now, and he's shown that, and, you know, he- you know, he was number one in in Baltimore. Obviously, they ran a different scheme and all that. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to use him, move him around. Um, but some of those highlights, a toe tap, I mean, this guy is dynamic in the open field. And we've talked about Kyler's strength, about throwing the ball down the field. And that will loosen up a lot of things for your running game, too, because now you got to make a choice. Do I want to drop a guy in the box? Or are we going to have to play a cover, too? We're not going to allow him to get behind us. So I think it's he's going to give defensive coordinators, you know, you're going to get them headaches at certain points in the game. The deep play threat obviously is there, Kyle, but he can have or we might be able to see him inside, maybe out of the backfield as far as motioning out of the backfield just to give a defense a different look. I don't think we should just expect him to be the outside wide receiver 100% of the time. Right. He, he has elite speed. Um, you know, it's, it's his ability to um, just burn once he has the ball in his hands. And, he, you know, Baltimore did use him, um, you know, on some of the shorter passes, especially late in the season last year. Um, you know, the biggest thing for me was, okay, so we're without DeAndre Hopkins for six games. When DeAndre Hopkins wasn't in the lineup last year, the offense kind of felt dinky and dunky. Like there was never really a threat of anybody getting over the top. And so the offense won't look like, you know, and I'm sure the adjustments are being made. Um, You know, you learn from what happened late last season. Um, But the offense won't look like what it looked like without DeAndre Hopkins last year when they don't have him this year. You do have that guy that can get over the top. Um, And it's not just going to be, you know, five yards and and hope the receiver makes a guy miss and pick up a first down. So, um, you know, anytime you can – add a player and we had talked about this uh, when we were looking at you know what type of receiver can they draft at 23 this is the type of receiver we wanted them to draft at 23 a guy that can stretch the field get vertical and be that deep threat so you still got aj green on the outside now is he is you think brown's replacing kirk or rondell moore playing more in the slot even though they wanted to get him on the outside I think he will play this slot when DeAndre Hopkins is back, but I, I can see early in the season um, you know, him playing more outside. Um, just again, because of that's that's what they were missing when DeAndre Hopkins wasn't in the lineup, is that guy that they can you know, throw the 30, 40-yard routes down the field to stretch the field. Two seasons, Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown played together at Oklahoma, the head coach at that time, now at USC. Lincoln Riley asked on... 
flagship station, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, about Marquise Brown and ability to track that deep ball. Everybody sees the speed. Like any, anybody on earth can see that this guy's pretty fast. But on top of it, most people aren't able to track a ball running full speed down the field with another guy hanging all over you. Most most people can't track the ball at the level that this guy can. And so it's a cool combination. Again, that season at Oklahoma in 2018, Brown, 11 catches of 40 or more yards, 7 catches of 50 or more yards, 4 catches of 60 or more yards. So that is the definition of a deep threat as far as playmaker is concerned. Now, the type of person Marquise Brown is. We've heard about what he does during the week leading up to games. Brown asked about his practice habits. You want to practice how you really want to play. So when I'm in practice, I envision myself, you know, when I catch this slant, I'm going to take it to the end zone, even though we might be practicing at the 10 down here. I'm going to take it to the end zone because that's what I'm going to do in the game. So just bringing that energy. So when you're in the game, it makes it a lot easier. Practice how you expect to play on Sunday, correct? No, that's absolutely right. Um, and, and honestly, um, you know, I'm not old man, you know, yelling about how the game has changed. It's how the game has changed. Like, you know, practice isn't the way it used to be. Um, but so you are always searching for those guys that are internally motivated, that show up every day, that run routes in practice like they're going to run them in games, and that's what makes your offense work on Sundays. Well, when Larry was younger, he'd do the same thing. He'd catch a pass in practice and run to the end zone. And, you know, always ran back to the huddle. So, yeah, I mean, this guy, you can see he he likes to practice, and he knows that you know iron sharpens iron, and that's going to prevent him and, and allow him to do what he wants to do on game day. A reminder coming up on Wednesday morning, May 4th, we will find out the opponents, and we will find out when the Cardinals will be in Mexico City. The international games will be announced on Wednesday morning. The rest of the National Football League schedule will be announced on May 12th. So just kind of put that in the back of your head and of course we'll talk about it right here on the cardinals red sea report special thanks behind the scenes senior broadcast manager and producer jim omahundro technical director cody fincher for kyle vandenbosch mike jarecki i'm craig riolu we'll talk to you in one week's time it's the cardinals red sea report right here on the arizona cardinals radio network You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.